Welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. Today's episode is with Jonathan Butts, who is the CEO of Natural Action Technologies. This company is really geared towards helping the average person that maybe lives in a city like myself (laughs) have access to good clean water. And so we really talk about that because if you listened to the previous episode I did, the one I just put out right before this one with Dr. Catherine Clinton, water is super, super important. The water inside of our bodies is super, super important. But the water that we drink, I believe, is also extremely important. And there are a lot of myths floating around about water. We touch on a lot of that. We touch on the alkaline water, the Kangen water, all these different types of water that are honestly a lot of them are just marketing schemes (laughs) but i think that there's a lot of great information in this episode as how water really does interplay with the health of our body and even we jump into consciousness and water so i hope you enjoy this and jonathan and i will be doing a giveaway this Friday, August the 19th over on my Instagram account. So if you're interested in any of the natural action technologies products, we're going to be doing a giveaway this Friday, August the 19th. Make sure that you are following me over there, following natural action technologies. I'll tag both of us in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, we got a lot of timestamps in today's episode. I really wanted to make the episode detailed and easier to understand so you could surf around through there. Two timestamps are brought to you by my two sponsors today. Now, I am a huge fan of protecting circadian rhythms, which you're going to hear about in this podcast, really pretty much in any of my podcasts now, is going to have a a layer or a theme of protecting circadian rhythms. The way that I do that is with my Viva Rays circadian glasses. I wear the protective red lenses before sunrise, after sunset to protect those circadian rhythms. So the first light that I see is natural light. I'm not getting artificial blue light that has been shown scientifically to elevate your cortisol, elevate your glucose, so many different things can influence your health and you can use my code yogi to save 15% over on viva rays and I thank them for sponsoring today's episode their link is down in the show notes second sponsor of today's show is going to be optimal carnivore and you can use my code carnivore uppercase Y. I have been using their beef organs as well as their liver I absolutely love their supplements their brain nourish supplement As a prenatal during conception, I will definitely be using them after the baby is here to fill in those nutritional gaps. So check them out linked in the show notes. And again, thank you for listening to today's episode. I really do hope you enjoy it. All right, guys, welcome back. I am really excited to have today's guest with me. He is the CEO of Natural Action Tech and a board matter. He's, he's actually had several different careers as we've just been talking before I turned this camera on, but he is what I consider definitely a water expert, um, an engineer. So Jonathan, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Yeah. So let's just talk a little bit about you and how you actually became interested in water before we dive into some of the deeper topics. I think for me, there was two pathways. Uh, one, I, I grew up on a river and always wanted to provide my own food. So really young, seven, eight years old, I started uh, fishing on a regular basis and uh, 
the, that was the more mysterious side of water. I think half of the time I just like being on the water and in the water and the river and fishing was somewhat of an excuse, but it made it practical for me. Yeah. And, and further on, I think I was 24. So I already had a little bit of a nuclear power career and industrial water use. And that was more mechanical for me. I didn't really see water as a living entity in, in the pipes and in the pumps and, and all these systems. So I was 24 years old. After I got out of the military, I moved to Montana and kind of was living in the mountains. And uh, when I first got there, at, uh, I was in a wilderness area and it was really hot and the horses were uh, really thirsty. So were we. We, everybody was out of water. It was a longer ride than we thought up, up the mountain. And we hit a spring and uh, I got off the horse and I remember the horse turned and went over towards the water, like without me leading them. Wow. He knew it was, he knew it was there. And I bent down and cupped the water and I started drinking it. And like the moment it hit my mouth, I remember seeing this huge horse eyeball, like his eye got like really big, like right next to mine. And he was like communicating with me, like, yeah, this is real water. And like, you've never had it before. Like, it's almost like he could tell my response of, oh my goodness. And then I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm 24 years old and I've never had real water. That's kind of sad. And what does that mean for the other 7 billion people on the face of the earth? Because I know they're not going to be coming up to high altitude, but there's something about this water. So that was the first experience where I was like, wow. But then I never really took it, never knew what I was going to do with my future, all that stuff. So I stayed in industrial engineering and the family business that worked in the steel industry. Mm -hmm. um, they asked me to try and develop a new product because they, they started in 1983. So this would have been 2005, something like that. And I said, okay, uh, I'll take a look at the processes and see what I can find. And at the same time, another group came to me and said, hey, you're good with automotive engines. There's this water technology that they say gives better fuel mileage and reduced emissions. Would you, will, you know, be willing to assess it? Let us know if it works before we invest in it. And uh, it took me about three or four days and I was blown away with the level that it worked because on a hydrogen typical physics calculation, the separation of water, um, there was nothing there that would would account for better gas mileage, meaning mm. uh, in an energy world, they say the electricity to split it apart is more than the energy you get back from it. And it's kind of true um, if you go to splitting it apart, but if you don't actually split it all the way apart, the water stays whole and it's a ga in a gas form. And so you just bleed the vapor into the engine. And what it does is change the behavior of the fuel. And so right away, like I was able to get double gas mileage in the vehicle. And wow. right away, I was like, I'm not, the automotive industry is terrible for, uh, for a career of making money and the politics with fuel mileage. I knew well enough on that. So I put it in the laboratory and started studying this visible, because you can ignite water when it's really charged, but it, it behaves more like a laser more yeah. like, uh, and it has some level of intelligence and you can see all this and it's cold fusion too. And it's implosion is the big thing here. No, nobody was really taught 
if you look at kind of the magic side of the programming and the teaching, nobody coming up through school was ever taught implosion, which is the art of bringing things together. We were all taught separation and explosion. So no human mind in the normal education system even considers implosion as a way to uh, process or change energies or become more efficient, if you will. So nonetheless, um, we went into industrial scale development, some bigger stuff, and there was algorithms and mutations going on in the water that you could watch if you were watching wow. the vibrations. And so I was like, why is it moving around? Why is it changing? What is changing? You know, and I didn't study water, didn't have any formal history with it other than normal mechanical engineering stuff, right? Phase change, you know, there's this, they kind of saturate everything in the engineering world to where the water's uh, stuffed. Mm. It, it can't do anything. It can't breathe. And then it just behaves the same, more mechanical. So it's almost like our knowledge base or our engineering teachings uh, taught us to force water into a condition that we said it was, which it's just a chemical. Mm -hmm. It's just a chemical. There's nothing else going on here. It behaves like this, but we all know like water has the most anomalies out of any substance on the face of the earth that expands as it's freezing. There's all these weird things going on that nobody seems that curious about at this time. Right. Right. So, so I open up the can of worms there and I decide that water has measurable, observable intelligence, and it may be not be a human interpretation of intelligence, but it's making decisions and it knows how to do things that we can't explain. And, and there's direct evidence. So as that knowledge and development went on, um, I switched over to working with natural action right at its conception, which is about 2010. And uh, the energy stuff's a lot more political. So I was like, hey, well, I'll just go into the health world and the agricultural world. They're all connected, right? Good soil yields good fruit, yields medicine for the body as well as uh, energy, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what we've lost is the food and the water. And when you couple all this, it should be your medicine. I mean, right. Paris, Paracelsus said, let the food be thy medicine, right? The right. The difference between a poison and medicine is only the dose. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a good one for people. Like everybody has uranium in their body. Every one right. of us. And, and we have the whole universe atomically in our body. And if you took that little bit of uranium out, something would probably start to malfunction in the body. But you put too much uranium in the body or of the then then it's a problem, right? Right. So some stuff is really small and water is really big in that equation, right? Mm -hmm. So aging is directly correlated to the amount of water in your body, right? So mm, as you, yes. a, ba a baby holds a way higher percentage as they're growing. And then as you mature fully, it starts to gradually decay. Yes. So it's more necessary to engage in, in these means. So long story short, I really more shifted to liquid water and health of the soil first. And so we did a lot of research farms and living soil and living water was part of that equation. And then, uh, then I had my health crisis. So as a force to address water and health in the human body, like you said, mm -hmm. so I got a root canal and became like a type one diabetic overnight. Oh, wow! And you're totally dehydrated as a yes. type one diabetic. And no matter how much water you drink, 
it, your body's not going to hydrate because yes. it has to do with proteins and in a relationship with proteins are used to regenerate cells and flesh and water has instruction there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you just drink more water all of a sudden of any type and there's different types of water, right? So, you know, if you're falling acid because you're a type one diabetic, then alkaline water may be of assistance of, of slowing the metabolism down because if type one's like hyper metabolism, mm-hmm. so you just burn your body up, basically oxidize yep. your blood turns dark red. It's pretty crazy. And, uh, so, so that brought that on and it's kind of full circle between the health of the planet, the health of the soil, you know, our mindset and how we view that mm-hmm. and being regenerative, not they, everybody talks sustainable. Well, who wants to struggle just to barely keep your head above water? The fact is nature will regenerate. And so will your body yes. when, when you hit on these points, which you obviously have gone pretty deep into. Yeah, I've tried to, and I really want my audience to understand, you know, just this basic concept of water in the body. And I was listening to a lecture from uh, one of my teachers, actually, just before we got on the call, just the beginning of it. And one of the things he said was, you know, if we don't understand the mitochondria and the relationship to mitochondria making water in our health, and the only thing we focus on is mechanism like genetics, like let's look at your DNA and let's look at this. And we don't look at how the mitochondria is making water. Anybody who's just focused on just DNA, you know, and let's give you supplements to help you fix your, he's like, is don't, don't listen to them. It's a dead end because you can actually change epigenetics. I mean, I guess it was like, he's saying Doug Wallace. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. He's one of the top mitochondrial researchers in the, in the country. Um, you know, Doug Wallace is big on saying you can actually influence epigenetics through changing the water network in your body. Would you agree with that? Uh, 100%. And there's levels of it that would never end in your lifetime as far as building that relationship and getting it to work. And like any relationship, it takes time. It takes, I'm not a big meditator, but I can tell you if you meditate with water and use a little cheater tool, you can move the water around and get it to do things in ways that has no explanation. It's just mind blowing. And honestly, there were some big problems which relate to the mitochondria now that you brought it up. So, you know, in uh, basically if we don't overstrain the water and don't over separate it, you get this new form of water, which behaves electrically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this is done in an electrolysis situation or capacity, if you will. Now, when you look at what they call the ETCs in the mitochondria mm-hmm. there, it's basically round electrolyzers. And so there's layers of polarity change from plus minus, plus minus, plus minus, like a China doll, like a circle inside of a circle inside of a circle, right? And there's these mechanisms in there that basically um, you have the Krebs cycle going on and it's, I'll note that Krebs said this, but they never published it. So Krebs kind of got buried by the institutional uh, understanding because what occurs at the very end of the ETC channels, electron transport chain for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about. Sorry. Yeah. Acronyms. Okay. Right? <laughs> and, uh, more or less, uh, recombination of water. So newborn water occurs as well as the, uh, 
ATP cycle that builds heat. So they teach you about burning sugar and building heat. Well, that's just to kind of keep everything in stasis. That's a little bit of energy. I can assure you that the recombination of water from this process of, of, you know, what they would call Brown's gas or what I call water plasma has a lot of different states, a lot of mutation, intelligence, memory, and more or less, I didn't make any ground with development. So what would happen is if we took normal electrodynamics and charged the water to make this plasma gas, which is a mm-hmm. useful, it, it, it's good in medicine too. Um, George Wiseman, that's kind of a cool angle to check out because he's kind of focused on the medicine route. You can breathe this gas. So mm-hmm. it is a water gas a highly charged water gas. And when you ignite it, it implodes, it doesn't explode. So we have the first substance you can view in steady state that's in a state of implosion. And we can learn about what implosion is or integration rather than separation in the physics, right? So big step there and what's going on. And then we hit that topic again at the end of the ETCs because we're recombining water, that's implosion. Mm-hmm. And so people say the water amount never changes. Well, it does all the time because hydrogen and oxygen separate and recombine all the time in nature. And hydrogen alone is behaves nothing like water and oxygen alone behaves nothing like water. So we have this new element, right? Forget that we know these atoms or anything is going on. So at the end of every mitochondria, and a lot of people don't know this, but there's hundreds of thousands of them in your cells. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, you know, people remember when they go, look, the, here's the diagram of a cell and here's a mitochondria. So you're thinking like, oh, there's one mitochondria in there. <laughs> and it's like the powerhouse of the cell. No, there's a lot of them. Yeah. And, and so when you overcharge, like overeat calories, let's not mm-hmm. even talk about the quality of the carbohydrate or the protein or the fat yet. Let's just talk about sheer energy. You're pretty complacent with life and you're not very active and you're eating three to 4,000 calories a day, which isn't hard to do at all. Right. And what you do is you overload the water in the mitochondria. And normally now it will expel electrons out into the cell and cause apoptosis or cell death. And that's supposed to happen. But if the regeneration is screwed up because you're overcharging the water in the cells with too much energy, too Mm -hmm. much to burn, how are you going to regenerate if you got a death signal going on? And here you start to get into cancer. The cells aren't killing themselves anymore. They're staying alive for a really long time. Now your metabolism has really dropped Mm -hmm. because it's just staying in it. This, this defunct cell is just cruising around now. Yep. You know, and then there's some interesting things with water and cancer that may come up later that are kind of cool that not many people are talking about, you know, which uh, has to do with the understanding of the uh, the more uh, noxious side of cancer or the side that actually damages you Mm. versus the debate, you know, whether it's this or that or the other thing. And, you know, rapid cell growth with no nucleus, right, is where you start to end up. So now we're back at the beginning of time where you have a single cell organism with no nucleus, no mitochondria, not much of anything. And it's basically yeast and colonizes as fungus and can be beneficial or not. And Mm. in the the case for us, like cancer is unbeneficial rooted network of single cell organisms. So it's basically, basically a fungal infection, right? It's becoming dominant. And so that all comes and starts from 
I'm not saying the water is responsible for it or we're responsible for it uh, directly without an understanding. We wouldn't know. But basically overeating calories and inactivity is the start of the cause of cancer. And everybody's got a bit of it in their body. Yeah. There's no, nothing yeah. to be afraid of. You know, yeah. you, you just have to keep it all. It's just like candida. It's supposed to be in your body, but if it crawls up into your stomach, you're in bad shape at, yeah. you know, at that point. So that's kind of a lesson in the mitochondria side, because that is the root of regeneration. So the biggest ground I've ever made treating animals and myself, that's all I really do is what you call mitochondrial regeneration programs, hmm. uh, D-ribose, certain types of, uh, you know, amino acids, uh, creatine, uh, anything that can give your body more storage for energy will you wean off the calories, right? Because mm -hmm. you're stuck on those calories because you're feeding the critters in your gut. Yes, absolutely. They're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like if you found out two thirds of what you eat is going to them, and they keep wanting more and more and more, you know, then they, then they eat your gut liner out, you burn up right now. You have leaky gut. Now you yeah. overload your liver kidneys are next, you know, gall system plugs up. So there's a lot of guys out there who pointed this out. And the, what I like about the mitochondria and the water's role in that inside of the cell is basically if you start to, you can't just drink water right off the bat, maybe you'll get an improvement. But if you don't give the nutrients, these cells won't regrow correctly. And mm. they'll literally start epigenetically modifying themselves like within a few months compared mm. to like the 30 years it took you to screw your whole epigenetic up with junk food and junk water, pretty yep. empty type stuff. So that's, I couldn't agree more that understanding yeah. water and the mitochondria are like the place to start. And the people who I know who do best with all illness fast, yeah. they just drink water and they put mineral and then wash with water and they know yeah. this cycle. So it might be, I would say distilled fresh steam distilled water is the best flusher. And so whether you're using lemon water or like who, who's Stanley, the guy who does the master cleanse. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've done Stanley somebody. That's the worst. I hate that thing. Stanley <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember. Yeah. I, I've like never done it. Maple syrup and cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper oh. and, uh, and then lemon. Yeah. Right. Cause that's got the mineral. It's got the acid that helps your digestion. And then when the acids burn out, it leaves by alkaline. Mm -hmm. And so you salt, uh, in the blood really good for removing toxins. And I've never done it because I like the, uh, what's the reality pathway for normal human beings and right. what's the simplest, right. right? So in the end, it's kind of like water, mineral and deliver and yeah. water flush out and then eat as little as possible, the most nutrient dense stuff. And yeah. uh, that'll get you going in the right direction. Yeah. I've done master cleanse before, but I've also done like a seven day water fast. I've done 72s, 48s. Water fasting is about 10 times easier than doing the master cleanse. And I think it's because they have you put in the, um, the maple syrup. So you never really get into a super deep state of ketosis. You keep throwing yourself out. And so you right. don't have that clean, um, you know, energy system going, you're just constantly like adding the glucose in there. And so you might get to start to go into ketosis and then, yeah. So anytime I've done master cleanse, and this was like, before I even knew anything about water fasting or just benefits of it, I intuitively by the end of it, the last probably three days, cause it's a 10 day thing. 
the last three days, intuitively, I would just kind of stop drinking as much as I was supposed to of that formula. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I can't like just intuitively I had stopped doing it. I didn't realize it until I had gotten really a little bit more educated about fasting years later that, yeah, <laughs> just be, you know, putting the glucose back into my system and causing me to feel worse and worse. And if I just took that piece out, it's a lot easier to, to complete. Think, the, yeah. yeah. Most people I know have said somewhat the same thing. They really don't, they might do the lemon water and mm -hmm. distilled water flush, but they don't add all that other yep. stuff. So it, it's tough too. You got to be like pretty, you got to know what you're doing a little bit with mm -hmm. fasting. So oh, it's yeah. not really for your average person. You know no. what I mean? No. Yeah. If, you, if your liver, if your liver doesn't start to produce proteins, which a lot of people who are sick have a bad liver. Yes. So at day five, your proteins will go to zero. And if they don't bounce back up, you'll hurt yourself faster. Yeah. Yeah. And so some people do really well. Other people's don't. I think I found the mechanism for that, that your liver needs to uh, generate its own proteins at that point mm, to heal. Okay. And if it can't, you shouldn't be fasting. You have to heal the liver first. So, so there's all sorts of different angles on these methods. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just a quick little reminder. If you are, would you head on over to either Apple or Spotify? Leave me up to that five-star review. It will help to get the show out to more people so we can continue to spread the word about how to heal ourselves without relying so heavily on allopathic medicine. And a quick little shout out to my sponsor, Upgraded Formulas. If you're listening to this conversation, one of the things that Jonathan and I talk about is the mineral depletion in our soil, mineral depletion in our water. How the heck do we know if our body is actually minerally depleted? Well, <laughs> 80% of us are, according to Dr. Leland Stillman, who was on the podcast not super long ago, and I'm actually going to be bringing him back soon. But the best way that I have found to test for mineral imbalances or mineral deficiencies is using a hair tissue mineral analysis. And Upgraded Formulas is my go-to for that hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation. You can use my code YOGI12 or YOGI to save on that consultation. And again, what that's going to do is tell you your mineral status. The last thing that I like people to do is just try to guess when it comes to replacing minerals, because as you'll hear Jonathan say in this episode, it can lead to a host of other problems if you over mineralize your body. So how do you know? how much of these minerals that you need to be adding back into your water to your food. Again, that hair tissue mineral analysis from Upgraded Formulas is a great way to figure that out. Always get that consultation because the test can be a little confusing to read. Looks are deceiving when it comes to results. Trust me on this one. Again, code YOGI12 or YOGI to save on that HTMA with a consultation. There's a link down in the show notes. Thank you guys again for listening and let's jump right back into the episode. But yeah. I think the whole thing works when you, you know, gradually, I think reduced calorie is huge for the mitochondria. Yeah, I think and so. Keeping your pH balance in the body and knowing what that means. And then the type of water you're drinking and the type of mineral is mm -hmm. probably. So when I travel around the country and look at soil, it's dead in most places and it yes. has common problems, mm -hmm. right? And so does the human body. Yes. And so the mineral delivery and the more magical ones seem to be from volcanic areas. I can say that right off the bat that everywhere I've ever been in the world, 
the trace minerals, like when it comes in like 80, 90, like let's just talk uh, uh, regular blue green spirulina algae and that as a supplement versus AFA from mm. Klamath Falls. And why is there like people from all over the world? Like it's like the most competitive body of water for harvesting. Uh, and it's so rare, but it's because the water is unique there from the volcano that blew up. Interesting. And it didn't blow it like cauldroned itself. So when it finally blew up, it blew up trace minerals all over the whole region. And so Oregon wines are exceptional because of the mineral uh -huh. that's in the soil. Interesting. Uh, it didn't make it down to California. It must have the wind must have been blowing north because the California wines are depleted and we don't see that there. And so we sell a mineral supplement that is the way uh, oceans clean up their floors mm -hmm. with the plumes. Uh, yeah. So the sulfur coming out of the plumes is actually binding and neutralizing all the toxins from all the rivers and the sky and everything and making it food for the, you know, flora and fauna on the ocean floor that set up the whole plankton all the way up to the whales. And so that's how nature works, like another volcanic, you know, example. But if you go take that same chemical substance, like a black mica from a mountain, um, you don't see, you don't see it. Mm -hmm. It's not there. And so amazing things come out of these volcanic minerals. Same thing with, uh, you know, some of the stuff over in Russia where the craters hit and fuse things. You see these, uh, but we analyze it chemically and we're like, oh yeah, it's got magnesium. It's got calcium. It's got, we say it's all the same. Mm -hmm. So I, in my opinion, what water is doing by changing its form and changing its behavior is teaching us that transmutation and adaptation and regeneration are all part of a natural cycle. And so you're not stuck with this stuff. It's not yeah. permanent. Yeah. We can train, we can change all of it. Yes. You know, and, and you, if we all start with ourselves, exactly, that's, that's the best way to change the collective. Exactly. I agree. What are your thoughts on something like uh Keton minerals? Do you like those? Oh yeah. I mean, it's another natural, uh, uh, scenario where, yeah. you know, if it's not overused, yeah. everything comes down to overuse or underuse, you know, some yeah. people are like, Oh, I didn't know you could drink seawater. It's, it doesn't really, yeah, harm people you. have I'm gotten, like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, you can supplement with seawater mineral, but you don't want to be drinking seawater every day. That's you ridiculous. don't want to do it straight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, the agriculture, uh, C90, I forget the guy's names. I'm terrible with the names, but there's a history of like feeding plants, foliar, and even the soil with, with seawater, mm -hmm. right? Just a little bit of it. And it goes a yep. long way. And it's because of all the trace minerals in the seawater. Yep. Um, and I, if I could give advice to anybody, that's the one major thing. If you want to fix crops, if you want to fix your blood, um, yes. take a wide band micronutrient and the water structure. This is what's super cool about the science. So the living water actually changes the shape. So look at it like a key, mm -hmm. um, of all these minerals. And so you can take a bunch of potassium. If it's synthetically heat processed, your body won't take it up. Mm, so you see it. all these heat processes, um, deform proteins and minerals to the point where your body's like, what's this? Yeah. I don't know what this is. Yeah. And if your body doesn't have a lot of extra energy, it won't 
convert it. When you're younger and you're full of life force and you're growing, your body will change this stuff. If you're uh, drinking dead water all the time and your yeah. blood starts to become dead, that dead blood and dead water don't have any interest in changing these elements to make them mm -hmm. available. So those are most of the tests we run are really simple with structured water. We'll like structure orange juice and then not, and then look at the difference between the two and, and the unstructured orange juice, like synthetic absorbic mm -hmm. acid preservative comes out like plastic and it's stuck to the beakers and it's dark, oh, dark wow. brown, almost black. And the other one like crumbles into dust and is like a light tan, just letting wow. it evaporate. So we see that milk, like you structure milk and one will rot way faster than the other one if you leave it out on the counter. So, uh -huh. and then there's pictures under the microscope. Nobody really understands this stuff. They, everybody goes a moto and I'm like, yeah, mm, exactly. Not really. Uh, but there is something going on there with what a moto was seeing and doing, but this is real hardcore consistent. And in particular, the work of uh, Andreas Schultz, he went all over the globe and did samples. And, and when he found right angle patterns in the crystal structure under the microscope, the water was considered to be dormant or dead. And if it had toxins in it, it would not bind those toxins. It would deliver them to your body. However, every river that hasn't been polluted has a different structure. And then they went on to find it in the blood. So everybody who was chronically ill had a right angle crystalline pattern in their blood and so one of the ways structured water kind of got infamous for helping with chronic illness is you're actually putting living like a transfusion. You're replacing the dead water yes. in your body and it's yes. got a memory. It's got a program. So it wants to go back because I think you have to realize that you're only alive because the bodies and the water in it is very adaptable. Yes. But that's how you made it as far as you did. But to go back, you're going to have to rewrite the software. Yeah. And, and one way you do that is with living water and minerals. That's yes. One of the best ways, in my opinion, if you're so missing like that, you're, it's hard. It definitely, I agree. And that's one thing I feel like I want to explain a little bit to, to my audience is the different, like, cause you say dead water. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know that a lot of people truly understand like what dead water is. It's exactly. Uh, well, let's, uh, and I like to, to use the term dormant because you can mm -hmm. actually wake the water up very quickly again. Yes. And if you look, uh, and, and so I'll simplify what causes the water to rescind from its abilities or go dormant is mm -hmm. constant stress. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're moving our water around in straight pipes. It doesn't take a lot to look at nature and go, where does nature move water around in straight lines? Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> and yeah. where are we spinning the water in the straight pipes? We're not. Nope. So, so there's this common sense thing of the way nature does this is not the way we're doing it. Right. And on top of it, you're under pressure. So mm -hmm. the center of the water, what we would call the, like the younger part of the water in the center, the way it's historically taught, is just being squeezed to death constantly. And so it's just like a human being. And it may be actually the water in the body that's reflecting this is mm -hmm. if you are not enjoying life and you are not free to move and you are stressed day in and day out and you are not exposed to the normal journey, mm -hmm. right? Being able to walk, being able to run. This is health we're talking about. 
Like yeah. when I was in my health crisis, like walking was, it took a lot of effort, you know, I yeah. had to get up and like, you know, get a glass of water. And it was like, all right, I got to get prepared for this marathon. Yeah, absolutely. You know, here I go. I'm going to get up. And it's like, wow, like you want to talk about real world example of losing your freedom. It's the worst way to do that is with your health. Like, yeah, it is really bad. So yeah. that's what we're talking about is water that has been overstressed has a memory of that stress. And it takes on a pattern of, uh, it can't, uh, morph anymore. Mm -hmm. It just kind of like goes into its shell. Yeah. Is the way I would put it. And it's not, it's not hard to get water out of that shell, but it's mm -hmm. not like it's an on off equation. That's what I struggle with. Most people go, well, is it structured or is it not? And I'm like, well, there's a degree of it. Right. And, And so we can undo, um, the on off part that this water is qualified alive. So in the science I've spent uh, most of the discoveries we didn't do at all. I think I had an understanding of it to recognize different bodies of work. So what we do is document the science that adds up to how do you define living water? Mm -hmm. And that became very articulate in recent times where, okay, water is actually growing solid cells out of itself. And that was uh, the double helix work in the United States, uh, David Gone, and Alpha Low is the sun. Um, so they have pictures of 100 nanometer cells of water, right, in mm-hmm. pairs. And so pure water, ultra pure water, you take a mi- really powerful atomic force microscope and you look and you can see 100 nanometer dots that get together and then they assemble everything simulating all of biology double helixes red blood cells bacteria and it's been correlated with the immune system and naturally produced along your spiral column the germans call it uh, because that's where your integrative energy center is that really Mm -hmm. charges the water in your body and you'll hear about you know people needed to do spinal taps for certain things or extractions for healing and other ways you know And so that starts off this idea that if water's the type of energy that's fed into the water from the universe is integrative, the water just changes its whole game plan. It's like, oh, okay, now we're not a break anymore. Now we're going to grow things. And where the real function of water, once it goes dormant, is just to stop growth. It has a value. It has a purpose. Same thing with alkaline water is the brakes on a race car. So everybody gets over infatuated with, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, you're sitting on the starting line with the, with the brakes on and you're going to yeah. stay there. And the accelerator is basically your acid. And, but yeah. the balance between those two right around neutral is where nature works. You, exactly. you get much above eight or nine and much below five, you're in trouble. You yeah. know, in either of those states, you're in trouble. So yeah, I've always thought alkaline water was kind of just a ridiculous concept. You know, it's not just a marketing concept, right? Completely. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, I can take sodium hydroxide and make alkaline water and drink it. It'll poison you to death. Exactly. So, so if alkaline water has a, a wide band trace mineral delivery, your body don't care about that little extra pH or breaks. It's looking for the quality of mineral in that water, it does right. not really care what the pH is unless it's extreme. Yeah. You know, and even that, like for stomach and the gut, like especially your stomach, like to be a, acidic, right? Yeah, like that's why the humic <laughs> and the fulvics work really good, yes. is because they help your digestion, you know, yeah. and the sulfur base works. So the alkaline 
you know, I've seen damn people do damage to themselves yeah. with the alkaline pretty bad, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, vitamin D3 doctors are prescribing that. Oh like, God, not, don't get that, me started. That, like you overdose on that and, and you'll plug your system up completely and bloat. Yeah. So people oh, go, yeah. I take a bunch of vitamin D3. I go, yeah, you got high mouth pH, bad enzymes, your liver's slow now. So you're plugged up, yeah. completely yeah, plugged people, up. You know? It's like people don't understand these, you know, hormones and things like vitamin D and vitamin A and vitamin, you know, the fat soluble vitamins, they work in uh, conjunction with one another. You're going to throw one of them. If you eat a bunch of, you know, beef liver, pounds of beef liver, you know, that's going to cause an issue. Just like if you take a bunch of vitamin D, that's going to cause an issue. Things are, nature doesn't work that way. You know, just like you don't take a ton of potassium supplement like then what are you doing with your sodium it's like so many different things in the body work synergistically yep. you don't take a zinc supplement because then what are you doing to your copper levels and it's just, well, you know. yeah. well and i think you said it like how you got onto it and it was the same thing with me and and discovering the mysteries of water and unlocking yeah. it for there was more intuition than anything yes yeah and you just listened to your body you yeah. know and uh, you know uh, you know i went into the when I went into the doctor, when I got that root canal and three days later, I, I was literally like my liver just broke. Wow. And, and they, and they were like, Oh no, you got high blood sugar. I'm like, yeah, I know. And, and they were, you know, and they said, well, how do you know your liver broke? I'm like the same way, you know, your hand just got hit with a hammer only yeah. it wasn't painful. It was just like, my liver was like, Hey, I'm done. And there was wow. an instant change in my physiology, my feeling like it was a moment where my liver switched from, all right, I'm not working overtime anymore. Wow. You know, your pancreas was probably never strong. That was a weak spot in our family and uh, the, the infection and the vaccines, right? They mm -hmm. all went and attacked the pancreas because that was the weak spot. And other wow. people, it's the liver and other people, it's the lungs and other people, mm -hmm. it's the stomach, right? Yeah. Everybody. So you intuitively have to know your weak spots yeah, and work with them to strengthen them. Right. Yeah. So in the end, and what I'm seeing, and this is cool, is all this, all the fancy words, all the deep science, it's all very basic energy flow. And if you overdo one side of the teeter totter and not the other, you just end up with the teeter totter stuck on the ground. Yeah. Right. And, and exactly. in, in reality, the teeter totter should be rotating on a pivot and the pivot should be moving and it's barely wobbling. And that's what you would see in the chemistry of a healthy person. Yeah. And uh, the water, in my opinion, helps buffer that equation. Mm -hmm. uh, it will switch. Uh, if it needs to go more acid, it'll, it'll, the hydrogen will come out and become more acid. So it'll switch. Yeah. does the same thing with plants. Uh, nature just kind of balances itself out as long as you don't overdo it and too much of a good thing. Right. Kind of, yeah. and I kind of have that disease where like something works and then I just yeah. bury it. And then I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> like I yeah. found the limit. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I did that with fasting. I mean, I, I definitely overstressed my body with fasting when I did that seven day fast. I actually ended up getting really sick at the end of it. Like I, cause I think it was too much detox at one time. And my body was like, what? And I ended up like, I remember when I broke my fast, I was sick for about a week after that. I got a sore throat. I was throwing up. I felt nauseous. I felt kind terrible. Of like a, what do they call that? A Herx reaction. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I'm the same way. It's like, if a little bit is good, then a lot must be way better, but nature works on this bell curve, you know, Yes. like the sun is good. I love the sun. I love, I don't wear sunscreen. I'm like big on like just tr- safe sun exposure, making sure you're doing sunrise and all that stuff but you don't want to lay out in the sun naked for six hours. If you're my complexion, it's just not a good idea. Oh yeah. And it's like the night, everybody, you know, then the night doesn't, well, if you didn't have night, like the sun would be brutal. Right. You know, so there's this process of cooling down and heating up. Yeah. And and it's that simple. It goes up and down. Yeah. Yeah, It's that simple. Like the whole physics is based on temperature and whether the atoms are cooling or heating up. And if they're heating up, they're banging into each other and they're separating. If they're cooling down, they're coming together and and tightening up their spin and water has this overlap. So there's like this, you know, male, female uh, combination going on there. That's a beautiful natural balance that we can learn a lot from. Um, and, and yeah. we're in that phase, you know, we spend more time educating people with the company than anything, yeah. you know, and I'm big on, I can't stand the short circuit marketing. I'm more of a loyal oh, yeah. natural observer and all this alkaline and all this, you see it with all these companies and a lot of them have good products, but when you market like down a mono road, eventually mm-hmm. it's just going to come back on you where why'd you market BS? Yeah. sell more stuff when now science knows that what you were saying wasn't the real reason that it worked. Right. And I'm kind of like one of them guys that likes to work with everybody. Yeah. You know, everybody else is going, Oh no, their stuff sucks and my stuff's better. And I, you know, I'm like, we don't have the, the tools to even make those statements yet. Right. And everybody's different. So like, yeah. you know, we use an electronegative, which means uh, the substance likes to pull inward Mm-hmm. So if it comes in contact with something else, it likes to pull inward, uh, kind of hog it, if you will, a little bit or integrate yeah. it. And yeah. then the electropositive substances basically push everything out. So if you take a structuring device with uh, wine and you mm-hmm. use an electronegative, it'll soften the wine curve and smooth it out. If you use electropositive, it'll blow out the flavors and make them bolder. Ah, okay. And metals tend to be electropositive. So anybody uses metal devices, which I'm sensitive to, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I worked in the metal industry my whole life and I do not like drinking water out of a metal container. Somebody oh, no. puts the water in a metal pitcher. I'm like, I don't want it. Yeah. And they're like, why? I'm like, it makes the water like really harsh for me. Yeah. Like it's got, uh, I'm, I may be too metal poisoned to take any more of that signature. I don't know, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I like the smoother. I, I'm a big fan of smoother you know, smoothing things out, making more gradual, more comfort in the situation, which I think growing up, I was kind of a rough cat because I worked in real rough environments. And as I got older and I had that health crisis, I'm like, no, 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 I need to give this body and this brain a break. Yeah. And, you know, that that's what I prefer now. I can't say that's what it would have been in the past. So, you know, getting intuitive with yourself, I think is something that water really, really helps with. When you start paying attention to the simple fact of what the earth, it's a big ball of water and we're flying through space. Uh, It's a spaceship. We don't feel the G forces, right? Mm -hmm. Just if we calculate the sun, we're moving at 10,000 miles an hour around a circle, right? We, none of us feel it. So they go, oh, the pilots can't handle the G's after it gets so fast. I'm like, well, we're all handling it right now. Nobody feels a single G. So what is the earth? How does that yeah. spaceship work? And it's a big ball of water. 
So it is. And so, I mean, so are we, and, you know, I feel like something I say often is the further away we get from nature, the sicker that we get. And the one thing that you mentioned in the beginning that got you interested in water was drinking this water out of a spring, you know, this like amazing living water. And most people have no access to that. So let's have a little bit of, yeah. That's what was sweet for me is back then I didn't know, uh, you know, I was a, a nuclear mechanical engineer. Yes, yeah. we dealt with water, but nothing. Right. And then right. it was oh, about 10. So that, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years, like I said earlier, maybe before it was recorded, I never stay with stuff that long. But once I locked into water was something out of divine territory to me, like in yeah. your face to me it was a cool full circle because part of what we do with structuring water is lift the stress out of the water. So it does behave more like that mountain stream that I drank when I was 24. And I was kind of like, well, I'm going to live in the mountains. And I definitely was a healthy person living in the mountains Yeah, and uh, felt like it healed me of, you know, working around nuclear power plants and metal poisoning and all the stuff that I did. Um, very hands-on learning type person. And so for me to be able to uh, deliver and manufacture technology that at least starts heading back towards that mountain stream to everybody's home was a super cool full circle. um, Oh, if I only knew in that moment, right? Yeah. Uh, When I was 24 years old, I had no idea. So it was probably... I was probably in my mid thirties before I really was like, Hey, this has huge health implications and huge spiritual implications. And it goes beyond the, uh, you know, the kind of left to right duality, mm-hmm. you know, way beyond it. So, uh, it's been an honor to kind of share the knowledge and I'll say this, like I've, I've had a lot of training and I've done a lot of complicated stuff and people are like, boy, you're smart. But all my discoveries in water were gifts. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't, I was used to plowing through things and fighting my way through it to get the answer. And I couldn't get anywhere with water like that. And it was so big that we were doing industrial development and I was failing because the water wouldn't run 24 hours a day. It was kind of like your mitochondria. Yeah. At some point it would just shit out all the electrical exons and shut itself down. If that's what it would do. And so I'm like, now we need three machines to run 24 hours because we have to rest these. And then I found out if it didn't, if you overloaded it, it needed 24 to 25 hours of rest. Now there's some things in the Ayurvedic that talk Uh about the body scanning itself every 25 hours. It's not 24, it's offbeat. Yeah, exactly. You get the circadian cycle of changing all the time, like the tide, the tide is not 12, 12, right? The tides rotate. And, you know, so it's every hour on the clock gets high tide at some point, right? Yeah. So you you see it circling through these different, like uh, what we would call nodes, like your Mm -hmm. organs have different times. The earth has different times. And I know you understand all that really well because it's part of what you use to help heal yourself for sure. Yes, exactly. You wouldn't have mentioned it. So they were gifts. And at some point I'm like, wow, for me to discover this, this way, like literally like I tripped and I was disgusted, stressed out, overloaded getting taught by water, but yet beating myself up, trying to force the water around. And then I would hit the wrong button on accident and something would happen and it would teach me what was wrong. And so these were more gifts. So it kind of became a a thing for me to share what I had learned 
and it's experience for me. So it's hard to share because if you don't really experience it, you don't. Right. Know. Exactly. It, it is. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's where we're at. And I hear a lot of stories uh, with the water and I'm not big on, there's a lot of people in the structured water community or the mm -hmm. water revitalization. We, we actually try and depart from the word structured water a little bit. Really? Yeah. Because marketing, because structure, like everything has structure. What does that yeah. mean? There's so many different things. I think people are really confused about what the heck structured water actually is. How do they structure their water? Like what's, you know, can we yeah. maybe dive into that just a, a little bit? Without getting too technical, we have yeah. a mem member site. And mm -hmm. so we have a lot of educational material. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then on the main site, uh, like you kind of get a general overview and we got some good educational videos on there. But so, and, and then there's, uh, I think it's what is structured water about water quality, about water mm -hmm. quality is on that, what is structured water tab on our header. Mm -hmm. And I spent time addressing the, all the marketing stuff, like got structured it. water, hexagonal water. Yes. Um, so I'll just going to really condense. Yeah. Um, structured water is an ambiguous term invented by marketing people to oversimplify the change in state of water from A to B and A mm -hmm. to B has different behavior. All right. And then we get water revitalization. Now that's a whole different term. Mm -hmm. This means the water has taken on a living state and how do we uh, recognize that living state? Well, scientifically, there's a handful of things. Uh, there's different scans. There's Carillion photography that shows some changes. But basically, I found any one of these scientific measuring angles, like I would go, oh, this water didn't change here, so therefore it's not structured. But then I would measure its performance in the real world, and it would do better. So I was like, any one of these don't describe the state of water. It's kind of like if you had a room with a few, uh, uh, what do they call like peepholes mm -hmm. and you can kind of look to the center, but all you can see is one side of what's in the center until you walk all the way around the clock and look through all the peepholes. You can't really describe the topic in the center. Mm -hmm. And so I departed from science a little bit and started looking at application work. And so in the end, um, the biggest thing we use is UV spectroscopy doesn't pop where Gerald Pollack says it does at 270. It pops at 200 huh. and there's a little bit going on at 270. And this is, I've worked with and looked at the work of scientists all over. Now there is a little bit of a signature at 270, but we're looking at the whole body of water, not just like this crystalline outside. Yeah. So to summarize, hexagonal water is probably the eggshell around the water, which is also probably the exclusion zone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe in any H3O2 at all, because that's a breakdown of a much bigger conglomerate, which is addressed by the guy who wrote the hexagonal water book, which is Mushi, uh, Mushikun, hmm. if I pronounce that correctly. Yeah. And he <laughs> was kind of, he, well, he was the precursor to the kind of Kangen people okay. like so he did all this research to try and find out why that kangen water worked well the kangen water is basically the same as a water plasma generator and the reason why it works is because you're generating water plasma out of the center the balance point between this extreme left and this extreme right mm -hmm. and so in the end uh those are all mostly marketing terms unless they're tied to behavior so structured water is just ambiguous 
what it implies is there's a higher degree of structuring in the water and there's uh you know basically crystallography under the microscope that shows that and it's not that difficult and uh, and uh, people who use flow forms and are and uh, are onto the right materials um all do a fairly good job of structuring water so with you know there might be six or eight or ten worldwide that do this and they all fight with each other about mm -hmm. whose is better and all and i'm like they all work yeah. you know some work better than others but the cool thing is human beings have a signature uh hold on a second sorry oh yeah go ahead maybe out in the lat and out there i stole yeah. somebody's that's <laughs> okay i stole somebody's keys oh. <laughs> um so you know the the full measure of it is we do have science to indicate that the water is living and there mm -hmm. are degrees of that um and you can overdo that like you said yeah. So we, we have a unit that we make that really like you put the water in it and it's like an orgone accumulator and a radiation shield and it's got shungite and magnetic field arrays and all this stuff. And it's a little bit more technical and, and still natural, uh, but you put the water in it, you leave it in there in a refrigerator overnight and it charges all night. Ah. And, and it makes a lot of structure in the water that appears to be the living cells that the water grows out of itself. Mm. And I mean, there is nothing but H2O in the water and at room temperature, it makes cells that are identifiable and measurable. And they continue to get together and make all sorts of structures. And there's no instruction. Nobody's vibrating on this, telling the water to shape this way. It's not cymatics. Mm. Like cymatics is we put this vibration on and the water makes a hexagon pattern or, or a dodeca pattern or whatever, right? Because we're vibrating and we change the vibration, it changes its shape. This is water doing it on its own, 100%. Yeah. And it's yeah. not like predictable. Yeah. Nobody knows why it's making all the shapes or what it's doing. We know it has an immune function to it. Mm. And so in the early testing, I was like, hey, this water gets weird after 24 hours. Like it starts going the other way and I actually measured it where it built up structure and now it's tearing down the structure. And I'm like, eh, everything cycles, everything breathes. Ah, right. And, yeah. and so I told the first users, because when we make new product, we try it on people uh, in a more control, right? We just don't put a product out to the general public. Right. Tested it for a long time. And I told them, I go, don't abuse this. This is more medicine water. Don't abuse it and mm. you'll be fine. Um, I've abused it. And it, it's, it's too much detox. It's not uh, fun. You'll get a sore yeah. throat. Your nose will start running. You're going to be pushing stuff out. So most people listen. One person didn't and like drank it every two hours. Oh, geez. All day long, then charge it overnight and did that. And then she called and, and I know her and she wanted to know if the unit was making her sick. And I said, no, you're making yourself <laughs> sick by abusing it. But, you know, if you want to fight through a harder detox, kind of like you did with the fasting. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't think that's the most effective way is to beat mm -hmm. up your body, though. No, I don't think so either. The body, it's it's smart, you know, and if you're having these horrible detox symptoms, you're probably going too fast and you're probably just forcing it to do too much at once. And the system is just like, all right, <laughs> we're getting sick. Too bad. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I could tell from when we talked in uh, before the uh cast went live that uh, yeah. you had a very deep experience and were very intuitive about it and resolving it. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm engineering guy, so I'm measuring everything, you know, and then I, you know, one day I hear this voice that just keeps saying, stop measuring, stop yeah. measuring yourself. Yeah. Start using your senses. Yeah. And I really departed from anything conventional there. Mm -hmm. But I, it's always nice as if you're sharing the scale to have like some measurements or proof or fact. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, you know, I can tell when my pH is too low or too high in my body. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like, definitely. okay, I'll move it up a little bit because I got off balance. Yeah. But I, I'm not like, uh, measuring, especially with diabetics, they're always poking themselves, worried yeah, about their exactly. blood sugar. And I would tell them, don't worry about it. You'll know when it's way too high and you'll know exactly. when it's too low yep. and low will get you wasted. So you get the body working, right? And if you're taking insulin, you'll be pushing low all the time. And that's like a death sentence. Oh yeah. Definitely. High blood sugar, you know, can't do it for too long, but don't worry about it. You know, your doctor yeah. is going to tell you, Oh, you shot up to 400. It was like, I would do things for people where I'm like, they were like, how are you eating that? And I'm like, well, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you couldn't eat sugar was like, no, fruit's good for you. You know what I mean? And yeah. And, and, but I could push my blood sugar up to a thousand. It wouldn't affect my vision. Wouldn't affect my balance. Nothing. Right. And, and yeah. then the body has learned how to operate that way. And then yeah. you have to lower it down slowly. Right. But yeah. if it's stuck at a thousand for a week, you're going to start burning that's up. A problem. Yeah. A problem, that's a big problem. Right? If yeah. you're still eating donuts. <laughs> Yeah. If you're still Probably shouldn't the do kid, that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I see it all the time. Yeah. I watch people eat and I'm like, oh, you're feeding candida. Yeah. Good luck getting oh, yeah. rid of that. You know, most not people, I mean, most people are not, my, my audience is a little more keen on this stuff, but a lot of people, it's just like, you know, cereal for breakfast and just all the highly processed foods with the seed oils, just chock full of deuterium and, you know, wondering why they feel bad. Well, I'm eating healthy whole grains and I'm like, that's not healthy. <laughs> it's not yeah. like, it's not real food. You know, if it doesn't yeah, yeah. grow out of the ground, um, or have a mother, it's probably not something you really want to be eating a ton of, you know? Well, I mean, isn't that it? in the end is, uh, if you eat whole foods grown mm -hmm. in a mi mineral rich soil, yes, living, which yes. means low nitrogen because mm -hmm. nitrogen ties up oxygen all the time. So mm -hmm. there, there's the problem. Like when you see high nitrogen grow, one angle of it is you see a dying flora and fauna in the subsystem. Mm -hmm. And because it ties up the oxygen, screws up the whole trade system of the roots and the sugar exchange and the CO2 and that whole life cycle, right? Yeah. So um, exercise and then uh, good water. So whole foods, exercise, good water. Yeah. Nothing has changed in the human record. If you do that, you will recover from some of the worst stuff. I'm talking like bad, bad stuff, like days to live. I know yeah. a lot of people who have had days to live said, sign your life off and they just didn't give up. And, you know, somebody fed them some good mineral water and they started feeling better within 24 hours. And then they go, Hey, I want to get up and walk around. And then they go, let me out of this place. Yeah. And they're alive, enjoying life today. That's amazing. And, and it's not like one or two, it's hundreds of people. And wow. so, and, and they exercise like even at 85, they walk. Yeah. almost every day yeah. and they drink good mineral water and they eat whole foods and yeah. they even enjoy a cake or a beer or wine, you know, yeah. <laughs> every now and then. And it has no effect on them at 85. They, they can enjoy things when done in moderation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the 90% rule, I call it, you know, yeah. 90% of the time you can pull that off. It's yeah. going to be okay to break the rules every now and then. Yeah. 
like you said, I mean, the further away from nature that we get, the sicker that we get. So I feel like if you're really connected to the earth, you're doing all the right things, grounding, getting sunlight, circadian rhythms, you're building your redox function, right? That flow of electrons in your body is so much higher. And so if you want to have a piece of cake, not telling anyone to go do this, but if you want to do your body knows what to do with it, right? Yeah, it's exactly. not going to cause a freaking <laughs> combustion. <laughs> Usually just throws most of it away because it don't need it, you know, is what right. it comes down to. Till you build the gut bacteria and that, that want it. Exactly. Right? Then you got to have it all the time and you're obsessed with it. So that's the, that's the line you got to walk. You don't want to yeah. be feeding those bugs. Right. It's a weird addiction. Like when you yeah. go there, I used to rip on people because I was very physically active all day long and I didn't eat a lot of calories. You know, when I, I was a hunting and fishing guide for five years and I would literally, oh, wow. I would literally calculate the calories. Yeah. And I'm like, this is impossible. Like, so the calorie things like a, a bunch of BS. Oh, it's crap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of one of my teachers, we were just talking about, you know, we're really almost supposed to derive like one third of our energy from food. The other two thirds is the sunlight and the grounding, you know, and the easy water that our body makes. That's our body battery. That's the energy we have. So if you're truly like hunting, fishing out there connected to the earth under the sun, getting infrared and UV light, you don't need to eat 2000 calories a day. Like no, it's your body doesn't require that energy because you're getting the natural energy source. I mean, how the hell did we evolve? You that's know? what I, that was the question I asked. Cause you know, I yeah. calculated it out and, uh, the first hunting outfit I used to work for, and I hunted really hard cause it was my, uh, like junior years of it. So I yeah. would cover like 30, 40 miles in a day with a backpack on almost every day. And I ate less and less and less. And yeah. the, the rotten food, like they would make like white bread, sandwiches with that yellow craft cheese on it oh, with God. a bunch of nitrate meat right yeah and uh and whatever else you know a bag of tostitos or doritos or whatever and i got to the point where it was making me sick oh, when yeah, i would I eat that yeah. yeah so the healthier i got it was hunting season came on i was burning all these calories like i was not able to eat the junk food so yeah. my calories went down further and I'm like, well, I'm still 175 pounds. You know, I started at 180. I lost five pounds in all this. And like, it's a good five pound loss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, wow, this calorie thing's a bunch of BS. Cause I used to be yeah. a hiker before that. And then you go detox when you get up in nature, pass oh, yeah. out on the ground. Cause you're exhausted and out of shape yeah. your first hike. And I would eat like berries you know, raspberries growing in the woods. And like, I'm like, I don't even need to eat this other food and what's yep. going on here, you know, but I would always pack the calories. I'm going to do 10 miles a day uphill. You know, I got to eat X amount of calories and in the end, no, that wasn't yeah. true. You know? Yeah. That's, I mean, and then there's so much in nature, like just, we do drive so much energy from the sunlight. That's why when I coach people, cause that's part of what I do is coaching people. I used to just strictly coach nutrition, you know, and like, let's look at your macros, your fat and your protein and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, are you getting sunlight? Are you seeing sunrise? Are you doing this? And they're like, why? I'm like, because if you do these things, it's a natural appetite suppressant, your appetite's going to self-correct. And if you want to lose weight, if you're doing all this stuff, it's not going to be this thing where you have to sit there with a calculator 
and type in, I had 15, you know, grams of fat and 30 grams of protein at this meal. And then I had to have another one, two hours later. I'm like, no, throw that away, <laughs> throw that mindset away. Like yeah. we have to understand the water is a part of that too. Like you can't just go to the store and get crappy bottled water and be chugging that all day. Like that's another part of the equation. You got to have a good water source too, as part of that. It's part of the uh, communication network of the, yes. all the living. Yes. So in a way it's like a, a mycelium network, like it's why if you plow the soil, then the plants can't communicate. So if you plow your water, basically your organs can't communicate as well. Wow. So, and they short circuit, they burn out. That's what dehydration is. Yes. And yeah. So the liver is kind of the brain of the lower organs governs a lot of what goes on and takes the role. That's why you can remove organs is because the liver will just fire up and start doing what that organ used to do a lot of times. Yeah. And, and the brain, the mental health, your attitude, right? Never give up. Yeah. You yeah. Know, don't I beat mean, yourself up. A big part of my healing journey is I had to, I think that was like the last piece for me should have been one of the first, but it was the last piece for me of, you know, a lot of my audience knows just wanting to get pregnant. I had to envision that I had to see that, imagine it as though it had already happened. And then I had to be happy for other people that were getting pregnant when I wasn't like, because there's a whole thing, you know, you see somebody getting something that you want and some, you know, sometimes human nature could be like, jealousy or like feeling bad or less than. And so I had to like shift that. And anytime that would happen for a friend of mine, it's like, let me buy them a gift. Let me do something kind for them and tell them how happy I am for them and actually genuinely be happy for that person. Right. You know, you have to have that mental shift where you are like in gratitude and in love. And if you're not in that space, you're energetically blocking that thing that you're trying to get to. And it's, when we want to heal, we have to imagine ourselves. Well, we have to envision that as well. You know, I think that's uh, probably the most important point. Yeah. And we do see water response. So like, yes, in instantaneous healings, a lot of that might have to do with the water going, Oh, we're in a state of love now. Yes. Acceptance. And we've let go of all the things that uh, we can't control or can't write yeah. ourselves. Right. And then all of a sudden just people feel better, like right away, what happened? Yeah. You know, it's the yeah. whole ener energy field, you know, went to the more natural state. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Dispenza is doing that at his, uh, you know, his retreats or conferences, having these people in a state of coherence and people having spontaneous healings. And it's like, oh, that's impossible. But no, I mean, think about all that energy. We're like Wi-Fi routers, I always say, you know, and we get this positive vibration going and, and spread that heart coherence. And I mean, miracles can happen because it's the water network in my body communicating with theirs. And it's just, I mean, it's magical, but it's, it's real. I mean, it's, it's just as real as looking at something under a microscope, even more real sometimes because, yeah. you know, I I've done some ayahuasca ceremonies and the first one, the whatever, however it works, doesn't matter to me, but the information yeah. was basically feeling is reality. And I mm -hmm. lost all my senses one by one and oh, wow. then lost them all together, but I could still feel. And they were like, you see, you're sensing things in the room. It all just by feeling that. So the wow. senses were superficial illusions to what the soul feels. And I 100% was convinced. Yeah. Like, but, but as a guy, if you would have told me feeling 
is reality, I would have been like, ah, feelings, you don't need them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's how most people work. And then you get to that place where you're like, I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm trying everything. This, this is just that final piece. I have to remove that blockage. I have to get there in order to actually heal. You know, it's, that's gotta be a piece. And you gotta have compassion for the person because like letting go of like, if you feel like you've been wrong by another human being, like that's yeah. very close, you know, uh, human being to human being, it's as close as you can get. So if you feel like you've been wronged, uh, you have to let go of that and realize it was just part of the learning process, you know, and that my healing crisis was just loaded with like eight things that were like abominable all at once. And I'm like, eh, figures the universe is just going to give me this all at once. Cause this is how I learn. Otherwise I don't, you know, Yeah, I get it. Get my attention. And in the end it was, uh, same thing that you're saying. You, you have to let go, uh, and, and get into this state of emotional state of being thankful and grateful Mm-hmm. and uh, not fighting it and you know anger i know like smokes the liver like bad and i was oh, yeah i was angry about a lot of things because i'm like i did all the right things and i was wrong by all these other people and i never screwed yeah. them i was honest but you know in the end they're they're just screwing me and and that was it's easy to be angry at other human beings right or very much so system, yeah you yeah know? Now you have weird times in the world where everybody's really angry at the financial system and the vaccines and they're angry at all this. And I go to these seminars, you know, with all these people, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, experts, right. Mm -hmm. And they're just telling you 90 ways to Sunday, how the, you know, the graphene oxide and the robots in your body, you're being controlled with nanoparticles and this is going to do that. And you're all going to die. And half of the population is going to die in the Illuminati. And, and I'm like, this, this is just all like fear mongering negative stuff. And I'm like, who are these guys working for? Or these people, (laughs) they've just bought right into the whole black magic of, you know, program you into thinking you don't have a chance. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, man, I got to, I got to get away from all this stuff and Me just too, yeah. focus on the adaptability and nature of that. We're part of it. Right. Agree. And the good stuff. So yeah. really a pleasure to yeah, have a it was, similar uh, approach. Cause I think it's the only one that really works. I think so too. And I think if we live in this state of fear, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world that I definitely disagree with, but I just choose not to put myself into that energy you know, and people get mad. Why don't you talk about this on your platform? Why don't you talk about this on your platform? And I'm like, why don't you start your own platform and you talk about it? Because you're going to feed it, right? Yeah. Even down to the deuterium. I don't like that one because it's like, it's not all true. It's not all false, but it's based on this idea that you're ingesting bad stuff. Yeah. In the end. Well, the body can deal with deuterium if you put it in its natural state. I mean, UV light depletes it, cold depletes it, you know, heat, all it can, you know. I'll give you a simple that's from atomic. So you got a proton and then you double it and it makes a a hydrogen, you know, diatomic hydrogen, right? And it's already violated the first law we hear about is opposites attract, right? Mm -hmm. So you got, we're starting the atomic journey. Let's start with one, a proton, you know, two, two protons, like charges. Okay. That doesn't make sense with opposites attract. And then now we have uh, a doubling again, like cellular division, right? Mm-hmm. And now you have helium, except two of them flip into neutrons and two of them are protons. It's all the same thing. They're just right. 
particles and then and then three heliums get together and make a carbon and you have kind of the initial musical chain right so three gases inert gases that are all over in the air can under under integration or implosion of the with in the right way uh, can get together to form carbon now and this keeps going on water actually in its high structure state is simulating carbon uh, and, and that's how it's going to start to make proteins or carbohydrates or whatever it needs to do to drive life. Um, and without the side effects, right? So now, um, a little tidbit, the direction that the pole is heading, like we talk about plus or minus or North mm -hmm. or South, or yep. the direction that it is heading is way more important than what it is. So a positive charge heading back to a null charge is gaining energy and gaining structure. Same thing with the negative charge, heading back towards the null point or zero or the ground. So you put the human being on the ground, it starts heading away from its overcharge condition that could be plus or minus, right? Mm -hmm. So the water and you know which direction you're heading. It's not about the absolute value or whether it's grounded or not, it's which direction you know, this charge is heading. Is it saturating, overfilling, or is it desaturating and combining with uh, some sort of uh, what we would call structure that's useful, that's natural, you know, how, how we identified this. So deuterium, right? So if hydrogen goes to make the leap to helium, which is mm -hmm. next on its goal, right? And that's the natural common helium, hydrogen, very common. And it doesn't make that leap because it, isn't surrounded by the support system, it gets stuck at H3. I mean, there's a bunch of different forms of H3. And if it's H3 on the rise where it has, it's just couldn't quite make it, but it's still going, it's still going to get to healing. It needs to absorb a proton or a neutron and be in the right state to flip that. Then, then the, then it becomes helium. Right. And, and then if it's in the waters in a bad state, it'll influence uh, the drop. And what we say about deuterium is it's kind of stuck like a chronic illness. The water's stuck and so is the deuterium. Mm -hmm. So you evaporate it, you recondense it over and over again, the deuterium levels drop. What do you think nature's doing? What right. do you think happens when we short cycle water? So in my opinion, deuterium isn't a mechanical thing that got in the water. It's a state of evolution in mm -hmm. all of matter that is more primal and influenced in the water. And so you either have stuck deuterium, decaying deuterium back to hydrogen or ascending deuterium up to helium. And that takes an environmental input to decide what's going to happen there. And so if your body or your water is stuck, you got to do something to knock it off, knock mm -hmm. it off its stasis. That is not where you want it to be. Right. Right. It's just like you have trouble maintaining health doing the same routine over and over again. Yes, Stay exactly. Healthy you need diversity. Exactly. So yeah, that's my kind of take on the atomic table is nothing more than circles putting themselves together. And as you get to the bloated end, you have active protons that are packing a bunch of neutrons, which I say is just like the population. And yep. it's a role. It's a character role. Like this life, I am going to chill and have a drink by the beach and my Mai Tai, and I'm not getting involved in all this. That's not my <laughs> journey this time, but another journey, it might be like, Hey, I worked my nuts off last time around and this life, I'm just going to be a normal Joe and chill and not do all this crazy stuff that I did last life. So it's not judgmental, but yeah. it, at, when you get to the upper end of the table, everything becomes unstable because a small amount 
are doing the work and everybody else is just kind of laying around, not doing a whole lot. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And so a lot of this is engaging and empowering human beings to intuitively and artistically, creatively activate yourself to, to better yourself and don't let anybody judge you. There's a lot of ways to do this, Yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, if somebody's struggling really bad and they won't give anything up, I'm kind of like, well, that's your choice. You know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. When it's your time, it's your time. Like, totally cool with people who want to eat steak and drink all the way out the door and don't want to make that that's your business you know what i mean yeah but you know we all know there's probably limits to all of it so yeah there's limits to everything for sure 100 percent yeah cool well this has been i feel like we could keep (laughs) talking for another hour at least (laughs) but uh i guess we should probably wrap pretty soon where where can people find you and kind of learn more about your company and and what you do if they wanted to okay uh naturalaction.com or natural naturalactionwater.com um and like i said we have a member site uh that's got a lot of back end we don't put it on the front end because it's just too distracting but if you really want to dive in and start learning and then we do uh webinars um i'll interview uh we've kind of taken a break a little bit during this transition but we're about to get back to doing some which are intended to be educational so a lot of them have pictures you know we show pictures of these different states and measuring uv spec and and discussing you know uh, what's the future for water as science uncovers more and uh We'll start to go back into that. I think more layman's terms. I wanted to set the foundation with more uh, hardcore science mm-hmm. uh, back, you know, starting in about 1817, we started really laying down a recording of it. So we maintain clear through all the marketing language difficulty. Um, so yeah, those are about the channels. And other than that, that's, that's the outward face. Uh, we're really, uh, how do we put it? We interrelate with customer service with customers. So it's, there's no like dial up and get a message. So if anybody has any questions or needs to know anything, our chat box runs like 16 hours a day. So there's a lot of ways to interface and uh, remove some of the confusion of what goes on there. And uh, really appreciate the opportunity to share and, and yeah. very inspired um, by how you were able to move through and certainly yeah. wish you the best of luck and uh, with the you. pregnancy. Yeah. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. You're doing an amazing thing. I appreciate it. And thank you for coming on and uh, educating my audience. I love that we could hopefully make some of this information a little more accessible to them. It's, uh, it can be complicated when you kind of try to figure it out yourself. So it yeah, can. I appreciate your time. Yeah. 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 And that, if there's uh, visuals, a lot of times it's a lot better words Definitely. Are a little bit rough and I'll leave you with this is uh, so there's a hormone in the body that's produced by a, a, an actinomyces. Um, and this relates to pregnancy and cancer. Hmm. And so for the first nine weeks, the, the human seed fertilized seed is exactly the same as cancer. Wow. Jerry, Jerry Tennant, talks about this also uh healing is voltage so the electrical kind of tesla view of healing which is what i kind of take to at any rate at week nine the pancreas forms and then you can see human distinct features and you can see a nucleus in the cells so for nine weeks there's uh, a hormone i'll just call it the cg hormone Mm -hmm. and it's what tells the immune system not to attack the fetus interesting 
Now, if you're a male and you have cancer and you take a pregnancy test, guess what? High HCG levels. (laughs) Now, there's no DNA in the equation yet. So the human fetus is surrounded by water inside a human being. So in my opinion, water is what sets up the DNA to form life. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to leave with that. And it's a good inroad to understand cancer and what it really is and what it really isn't. Wow. So that's fascinating. Yeah, all, all made possible by the human pregnancy. It's a great example of water and life formation and the so-called cancer thing. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, thank you. information down there for you guys.